Bank Top is supported by McRae Financial Services. Financial planning for every stage of life. Visit mcraefs.co.uk. More details on McRae a little later. Now, let's roll on with our chat. So we're sitting inside Grand Central Station in uh, Glasgow uh, in the champagne bar, but obviously not with champagne. It's the morning and we're uh, having, a, having a coffee. And I'm, I was thinking how to describe you in an introduction and I thought, well, do you know, I'm going to ask Yvette to describe mm -hmm. herself. What, mm -hmm. what, if somebody was to put a title on you, what, what, would you, what would you be associated with? Oh, that's really difficult to say. Um, yeah, I'm a, a, a sort of fierce, strong, independent woman uh, who's uh, lived all over the world, um, but has come home to roost, as they say, in uh, Shetland. So, just very, in many ways, simple person. That does not tell the story <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. What is this relationship? with Shetland, because to those listening, yeah. you have an American accent. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was born in Britain. My mother is a Shetlander and, you know, all summers through for my entire life, you know, came home uh, to Shetland where my grandparents were to spend the summer and my cousins would come home and, and, you know, it was always, it was the constant in my life while I've lived all over the world. Um, it was the one thing that I could come home to. And so, um, so after many, many years running around the globe, when it came time for me to retire, I retired home. There was like no question. And so I live a not so quiet life in a tiny seaside village on Shetland. But it is quite a contrast to, mm. to, to, to the life you had previously for, mm -hmm. for most of your, your, mm -hmm. your life. So I am, the, the product of my, my mom, who, uh, like I said, is a, is a Scottish woman, a Shetlander. I was actually born in England, um, and she married my father, who's an American service member. And uh, we went back to the States when I was very young. I was adopted and naturalized uh, in the United States. Um, and we were only there for about a year. And then we spent the entire time overseas, and then I didn't return until I came home, came back to the United States to go to college. And then when I joined the military, following in my father's footsteps, then I, um, I ended up staying overseas. So I'm a little bit of a, you know, globetrotter. I, I feel very comfortable um, in the world around me, and I feel uh, very comfortable, you know, on the move, so to speak. So, so no, I haven't spent a lot of time uh, in the United States. What do you see yourself as, if yeah. we were to put a label on, are, are you American, are, are, are you Scottish, are you, mm. are you English if you were born in England, or do you see you, are you global? Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, I think there, there are people, <laughs> you know, when people say, uh, I'm a global citizen, I know that there are people who will roll their eyes, you can hear their eyes swishing as they're rolling them up in the back of their head, um, but I, I do feel a little comfortable in that realm. But what I would say is, you know, I'm um, a Scottish American woman. It's just as simple as that. I mean, what I won't deny is I spent 30 years in the U.S. military, in the Army, and that is very important to me. You know, I was willing to fight and die for, for that nation. 
but I would say I'm also equally prepared to do that for this nation So in Scotland. So I feel very much at home in Scotland um, and the United States. So with that background, that history, that knowledge and that experience, where do you think that has placed you mm. right now in, in the next chapter of your life? Yeah, that's a very, uh, <laughs> very timely and topical uh, um, question. You know, since I, since I retired from the U.S. military, uh, my last duty station was in Germany, and then I, I came home to, to Shetland, and um, I was exhausted, exhausted from, you know, many years running around doing, you know, all sorts of exotic ports of call. So when I came home... Uh, to Shetland, I said, I'm going to sit on a beach and drink beer and figure out my life. And I did that, and I decided to stay. I decided to stay. I had, a, I had bought a house and decided to work on that. But I was, um, through serendipity, uh, ended up becoming a, a part of um, a spaceport. So I became part of the UK and Scottish space race. Um, and I did that for the last four, I did it for four and a half years. And then this past spring, spring 2022, um, I left. It was just time for me to, to do something different. And now I have, so I'm in this very interesting place where I'm a woman who, um, for all intents and purposes, I'm, you know, I'm an unemployed woman, but yet I find myself in the most interesting projects in the most interesting places and so I am in this place where for the first time in my life I think I'm just being still and letting the world come to me I know that sounds very woo-woo but you know just <laughs> um, I think it's okay I was initially very 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 uncomfortable with that but I think I'm okay with it and I'm just I'm watching something will come Something will come my way that absolutely grabs my interest. And that's where I'm at in life right now, that I don't, I'm very fortunate. I don't have to, I don't have to work. Uh, I must work, though, for my own sanity, because I'm wildly overproductive. But, so that gives me an opportunity. Is that to, you, or is that being, being um, having worked in the military that, that, that's kind of made you like that, if you, if you like Oh, you mean wildly overproductive? <laughs> hmm, I think all you have to do is take a look at my family. You know, I'm a granddaughter of crofters. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it just, yeah, 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 so there's, I, I don't know what it means to, to relax. My father's the same way, so, you know, I, there's probably some DNA. There's probably just, you know, I don't know. It, it is what it is, but... Um, I'm intrigued yeah. by the, and, and I bet most people pick up on this, is, is the spaceport, the, 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 mm. the being involved in, mm -hmm. the, in that. What did you, what did you, what's been, where are we with that and what, what was achieved? No, that's a great question. So, ooh, I've got, you know, the paid political announcement and then I've got the how I really think. Um, so the United Kingdom is the, is the only country on the face of the planet that started off the space program and then you know then folded it up and and didn't go anywhere with it but now the exciting part is that we're we're back on track and so what we've really enjoyed is um, a lot of things around the space industry so we you know Glasgow produces more satellites 
in the in the world outside of I think Silicon Valley. Um, you know, University of Edinburgh or Edinburgh is the data-driven innovation center for the United Kingdom, or yeah, for Europe, excuse me. Um, but what was missing all along is spaceports, the ability to do an end-to-end, -to, -end to launch our own satellites uh, into space. One of the things I really like to talk about is Scotland, though. Like, like Scotland, it's almost like we don't, we don't see ourselves. You know, it's, we don't see how incredible from a space-based you know, perspective, how incredible we are. The seven uh, locations that have expressed interest in standing up a spaceport, you know, five of them are in Scotland. So I just told you about Glasgow. It's this incredible place for, you know, satellite uh, technology. And then, um, and then uh, for Edinburgh, you know, as I said, the data-driven location, the last missing link was, of course, the spaceport. Um, and so being uh, a part of Saxboard Spaceport was allowed me to continue to serve, to be a part of something larger than myself, to support my new nation, and to be a part of something that was really exciting. It wasn't until a little bit later that I sort of understood that for women and girls, that, that my, my presence and the presence of other women were really important, um, not for necessarily from a role model perspective, but a visualization perspective. People needed to, people need to see that there are women in the space industry um, because we're severely underrepresented. Did you know much about the space industry before you, you got involved in this? Um, I was an intelligence officer, so I took uh, information and data from all sources and, and sort of put them, um, put them together to create a picture to tell a story for decision makers. So I, of course, had used space-based um, intelligence, space-based uh, information, as we all do every day. You know, this phone, everything. It's just, yep, it's all space-based. This is the world we're in, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but no, it was really... Uh, I didn't, you know, the, you know, Frank Strang, who was the CEO of Saxavord, I was, used to always tell him his superpower was the ability to build teams and to identify the right people. And so, you know, when we met, it was sort of like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to do it with, you know, we're all going to do this together. And in startup businesses, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, one minute you might be briefing you know, uh, number 10, and then the second you might be, you know, cleaning out coffee cups. It's just everybody does everything. So I think, um, I've completely forgotten what the question yeah, is. Do, it do, yeah. do you see, do, are we moving forward with it yeah. in, in Scotland? Is it, is, it, is it progressing? Yeah, so it is progressing. Uh, in fact, I was just up this past week at Saxevoort just with an Alaska delegation, so... Um, there was a team of Alaskans that, that were over here uh, actually to engage with Scotland writ large, but we went up to, to Shetland to see um, the spaceport. So they've broken ground. It's, it's so exciting. It's so amazing to see, you know, this peninsula, which was really, a you know, sheep grazing, you know, and now it's, you know, you, you can see where the launch pads are, you know, the concrete's being poured, 
and it's all happening and the vision uh, is coming to life and that's that's wildly exciting what I would say though and this is the not paid political announcement is um, you know when I think about Scottish values when I think about Scottish character, I mean, there's so much amazing things to talk about. But the one, you know, there is one little niggle, I would say, in terms of, you know, our character, which is we don't like to raise our head above the parapet. Like, that's Scotland for you. Guess what? In my opinion, we should be we should be shouting from the mountaintops, from the Cairngorms. You know, we should be talking about... And, and really doing a, a huge um, campaign to show what we're all about, to show how we are, uh, you know, the connection from, from our incredible past, you know, uh, you know, all the way through to our incredible future. We, we're, we're not good at that. We're, we're not, not good at no. saying from the rooftops. We're not good at, you know, saying, look at us. You know, we are we're right. very modest people. That's and, right. Yeah. And then, this is not the time. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson, this is not the time. This is the time. Uh, and just strictly from a business perspective, we need to do that. You know, and, you know, with this, with the new Scottish business transformation strategy, it's really all about, you know, building businesses. Well, this is something that we can all get around, in my opinion. You know, we can all, um, you know, we don't all have to be technical gurus. We don't all have to be space gurus. There's an entire economy that's built around the space industry. But I would say there's a general fascination amongst sure. everybody about yeah. this. Absolutely. You know, whether you're, you're, you're a kind of sci-fi nut or not, everybody has an interest in at, at whatever level, don't they? From the 100%. Hundred percent. What are the two? What are the two things that kids love? Dinosaurs and space. You know yes, what I mean. Yes, so, so true. It is so true, and I don't think that ever leaves us as adults. It really isn't. And I and um, we have an opportunity to plant the Scottish flag and do something incredible. This is new space. It's not the old space of you know that we see in the movies with you know the United States against. China against Russia, that space race, it's here, it's now, it's small teams, it's like popping satellites up. You know, it's just, it, it, and Scotland has already said, you know what, well, I think this is beautiful. Scotland has said, you know, we want to be a part of the space race, but we're going to do it in a sustainable way. So there's a, there's a, a sustainable strategy out there that says we're going to use green fuels, we're going to pick up our fairings, we're going to, we are going to be responsible. So I think that's a great USP. Countries from around the world, when they're trying to get satellites, will, there will be a determinant. Oh, do I go to this location or do I go to this location? Uh, oh, these guys are much more sustainable. Uh, oh, by the way, they have whiskey there. You know, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so we just have an incredible opportunity to, to sell ourselves. What's the reaction been like in Shetland to all of this? How so, do you feel about it? Yeah, no, no, great question. So I think initially um, it was like, mm -hmm, I'll, I'll <laughs> believe it when I see it sort of thing. And I think, I think... Um, I think you know, we started engaging with the community very early. You know, we did these um, very, as part of the planning process, very formalized, um, you know, engagements with the community, questions, and boy, they initially came like, you know, what about this, what about that? And, and 
just, you know, our, at the time, um, Scott Hammond, who's the operations officer, did a phenomenal job of just dispelling myth and rumor and, you know, and just calmly telling everybody. And so I was like, oh, okay. But I think the biggest determinant was when people could see um, the actual physical change on the ground. So, for example, we have ground stations. So we put up, you know, they call it the ping pong ball, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, out on the airfield up in Unst. Um, you know, we're breaking ground. Uh, you know, it's, it's so just that physical ability to see, I think, has gone a long way. So I think people are really excited, and they know that this is going to be, Shetland will have not, oil, not only an oil and gas um, uh, economy, a fishing economy, a wool economy, if you will, it's now going to have a space economy, which I think is amazing. Shetland Food and Drink is, is oh. mega, and Shetland Tourism now, because of the, the TV programme, is, mm. is mega as well. It, it says it's, it's the happening place in Scotland. Well, well, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about it? Um, what do I love about it? You know, when I was little and I used to come home every summer, there was this uh, particular flight path. I don't think they follow it now. They've changed the, the air uh, strip locations. But you would go, you would go water, 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 you know, fly, 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 water, water, water. And then there would be this last moment where you'd come over the Sumbra um, lighthouse and like that feeling, like my heart would start to race because I knew we were just about to touch down. And I still get that feeling. And, um, and it's, very, uh, it's very emotive, you know, for me. It's, it's really hard to explain, you know, when you think about children, you know, what are their deepest memories? It's about, it's about smell. It's about um, you know, certain visuals. And I, you know, I land... I smell the sea, I see the same familiar, you know, not a lot changes, you know. And then when I, you know, I'm 12 and a half minutes from the airport and I pull into my village, it's the same, you know, it's a, the lifestyle has not changed much. And so... There's so com comfort in that. There's there? comfort. Uh, while I love to live with a backpack on my back and, you know, passport in my hand, that constant is just really, you know, stunning. And I, you know, I do two things. I drop my bags, I go to, you know, the kirkyard that's overlooking the sea, and then I go down to the sand, you know, and it's, and it's just, um, it's just beautiful. But, but back to your point about Shetland food and drink, absolutely. And I sat on the board for um, Shetland food and drink and was just, just at the Shetland food and drink, um, festival that we had. I brought this uh, delegation from America there. And it's just, there's so much to offer. It's it, it, the best seafood on the face of the planet. Best mutton, I swear, on the face of the planet. Like, I won't eat mutton outside of Shetland. Like, I won't eat it because it tastes different to me. Um, and so there's just a really uh, wonderful movement there. You know, we've got this wool week, you know, where people fly. It's the largest money-producing festival in Shetland. And that's, you know, people fly from all over the world, and I call it, you know, I hope not too many people hear this. Well, I do. I want people to hear your <laughs> podcast. But I call it like the cult, 
because like people don't come tell too many people. They come and everybody's walking around knitting and you know it just. But it's uh, important. It's seen as the mecca for for knitting and food, yeah. Food and drink has yeah. been a passion of yours mm. for a long, long time. And these are areas, restaurants. You've been yeah. really successful in that world in the states. And and it's, it's you've got a big, big passion for that, haven't you? Yeah, you've done your homework. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, I like to eat and I like to yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. And, and you like to eat good food. And I good do. Food, so. And I think that's probably because of where I've grown up my entire life. So I've lived in, lived in, in Japan, Greece, Italy, you know, so at each place you, you pick up, you know, something culturally, not only the language, but obviously how people, you know, eat and live. And so I try and take a little bit of that everywhere I go with me. When I was in Washington, D.C., I, you know, I invested in a, in a restaurant, um, and the reason why I invested in that restaurant is not necessarily because I'm a, a foodie, but but I lived in a in a part of Washington D.C. that was that was changing, because it's all I could afford, um, and we used to sit. Um, it was actually a Katrina um, transplant. So when I say Katrina, I mean the. A horrible hurricane. Yeah, so my next door neighbor was a transplant from New Orleans, and we used to sit on my stoop, and there was this beautiful old building across the street on the corner, and we used to sit and fantasize about, oh, wouldn't that be a great wine bar? Wouldn't it be great this? Wouldn't it be great that? And my next, my across the the street neighbor invested in that, stood up a restaurant and uh, provided the opportunity uh, for investment. So it was his family and then two other people. And, you know, so I was investing in my neighborhood. I was investing in, in people. In people. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's exactly what you do. It, for me, it was not about money making. It was about, you know, that piece that, that I knew was going to really sort of anchor the neighborhood. And it did. It ended up being the number one restaurant, number one chef, number one bar. Uh, it was called the Red Hen, if anybody's what, out what there. What kind of food was it? So it's uh, Italian, uh, home-cooked Italian. And it was, it was really, you know, I've lived in uh, Italy and speak Italian. And it was what I would consider very authentic. Um, and it's very home uh, comfort, but also kind of a little, you know, upscale. And it just completely changed the neighborhood. Um, you know, hiring the young teenagers, kids that went off to college and came back and hired them to be, you know, make a little money and, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's just really good. So I think food and drink isn't just about food and drink. Um, it's about bringing people together. It's about bringing communities together, right? Did I hear that you just gave sold the business to the to the back to the neighborhood is that yeah so yeah. wow you have done your homework <laughs> no i just um you know they came to us and just said hey you know thanks for your support made a made a little bit of money but they wanted to collapse back into um sort of their family and and start to you know do other restaurants so yeah because it wasn't if it was about the money that would be one thing. It wasn't. For me, I just wanted to see something great happen in the neighborhood, and it did. So, so it achieved its purpose. Because you, you have such a passion for that, do you see, therefore, yourself, because you're at this kind of, you're at kind of an interesting period yeah, of your life, yeah. do you see doing something similar in Shetland, maybe, restaurant-wise? or Girl. <laughs> in my tiny village, 
sits an empty cafe <gasps> across from my house oh. that used to be an anchor point in my village. I've written a business plan. I have, I have visualized. I know what it's. I know what it needs to be for the village. Place of good food. Place to have a nice drink. And you know we have so much talent. You know, have a small gallery wall. You know, from all the artists we have, tremendous artists uh, in Shetland, um, and tremendous um, musicians. Yeah. So that little comforting place that you know on a Friday night you can come and you know have a dram and listen to I some need to good come music. To I've not made it yet. I'll need to come. But the, the I, I've I've attempted I've. You know, I do actually hope this doesn't go too well. I hope it goes far, but I hope it doesn't go too far. I've um, I've been trying to buy that location since 2013. Right, so it's on the radar. It's this on the radar, but uh, yeah, is on the radar. But we'll see. You know, I have other interests too. Yeah, which I'm just intrigued about this whole thing about um, opportunity, uh, an opportunity yeah. particularly for women. Yes. particularly for young women. And, you yes. know, I interviewed Judy Murray a lot, the, mm. uh, Andy Murray's mm. mom, and she always said, you can't, you can't be it if you can't see it. 100%. And now the sports world in terms of coaches mm -hmm. and, and players, that's mm -hmm. changing. Mm. Is it changing in the, in, in the business world, do you think? Is it moving in the right direction? That's an interesting question. I mean, you, you can take a look at, you know, just research data and go, and you can spin, you can not spin the tell, but you can tell the tell that, you know, that there was a, a cry a couple of years about lack of, you know, diversity on boards. We're starting to see a little bit more, you know, on, on boards, you know, uh, uh, you know, I can say even in the military, you know, when I first joined, you know, there was positions that were male only. Uh, and now all positions open for women. So you can say that. But I think what I worry about is, is there are clear transgressions. We are, we are going backwards in a lot of areas. Um, you know, the United Love, you know, the United Nations, you know, that, that constantly reports out on this. And, you know, based on the pandemic, violent conflict, um, you know, regression of women's, uh, you know, reproduction and, and uh, sexual law, you know, all these things, you know, they said for us to reach gen um, uh, gender equality or equity, we're talking, you know, upwards to 300 years. Um, and you can bleep this out. It's like hashtag for sake. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. So in, in many areas, um, you know, it's like, God, we're going backwards. You know, my mother, who, who is a feminist, and, 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 and my father is too, um, you know, she's 80, and, you know, I say there's two emotions my mother has, and that's anger and empathy. You know, she's a typical Scottish woman. She will fight for any underdog on the face of the planet. But she has a lot of anger, and it's because she fought, and her generation of women fought so hard, particularly in the 70s, um, to make it better for their daughters. And here she is, 80 years old, and she's like, 
Jeez, you know, have, did we do it? Yeah, I, I feel that too, and I'm the yeah. next generation. I feel anger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think also underpinning it all is um, women, in, and not to use a you know specific term, but women are really starting to lean in. I know that they're, you know, you take a look at, um, you know, whether it's, so you said, you know, I'm tired of Zoom, you know, after the, after the, uh, lockdown and the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But in some ways, what it did is I think it galvanized uh, groups. And so I see a lot more groups of women going, uh, you know, hey, we we really need to make change and people discussing it. So I think it's a, to answer your question, it's a hodgepodge of, you know, two steps forward, well, maybe one step forward, two steps back. I think that's where we are now. I think it's critically important um, that we uh, speak truth to power. I think it's really important that we support um, groups that are doing the research to sort of hold the mirror up. I think it's really important that we engage men. Men hold the power and, um, and provide, you know, real discourse. You know, women can sit and talk. We will instantaneously, we can finish each other's sentences, <laughs> you know, in terms of the state of the world. But the other piece, the piece that's missing is uh, the men. And, you know, we, we've heard terms, you know, such as, uh, you know, uh, uh, greenwashing. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if we call it woman washing, but, you know, there, there are men who will, you know, in organizations who will have the right, you know, they'll say the right things, they'll do the right things, but what we really need to do is, is walk the talk. And I need my male allies to also pony up. I need them to... We, we need to, all our male allies, all the men that we know in all our lives to Absolutely. To Roll up their sleeves and do the work to understand, to understand that the world they want to see their daughters in, that is going to require their work as much as our work. And so... Because we, we see patches of good practice and we see absolutely. patches all over the place. And then we see things that think, really? Right. Um, and that just makes me... You know, I, I look at, you know, um, I look at women around the world. I have a tendency to be very global. And I think about you know, got our Iranian sisters who are, you know, fighting the good fight right now. I think about, you know, when the Taliban came through Afghanistan and we knew, we knew they said, we're going to make it different, better. And it's not for the women there. It's not. Um, you know, I think about my American sisters who, God, you know, the idea that men are making decisions about our bodies is enough to make me just um, implode. But it also um, re reasserts my, you know, my own personal manifesto uh, to keep up the good fight. And, and we have to, you know what I mean? We really do to make the world a lot better for all of us not just not just our daughters but our sons we need to raise our sons to be you know uh you know good human beings and that just means like treating everybody with dignity and respect the end 
not that hard. Well, a bit of that appears a little bit sad and, and not, not negative, but you were, at, you were at the Women Enterprise Scotland Awards. Mm -hmm. What great stories were out there at those awards about how successful young women mm. have been? And that, these are the pockets mm, of, of, that of, give you hope. Of beauty. Yeah, it was, you know, um, first of all, um, Women's Enterprise Scotland, or, or lovingly called Wes, they've been, they've been, you know, fighting for 10 years for Scottish women, for Scottish women in business. There are people here to help. And, you know, there are organizations, there are groups. We are powerful together, much more powerful together. Our collaboration needs to be about collaboration and connection and uh, having each other's backs in a, in a very real way, whether it's, whether it's working through problem sets, whether it's thought partnership, whether it's literally supporting each other monetarily or socially or however, however we do it, it's really, um, it's really important. But the other group I spoke to last night were the few men that were there, and I spoke, I spoke very directly to them, um, which was about their allyship yeah. and what they needed to do um, to go beyond, to help make this world a better place. We've talked about, uh, finally, um, resilience, perseverance. Mm. Um, where, do you, where do you get yours from? Because you know, people looking back at your career will, mm. will possibly only see the, the highlights, but you'll have had your, your mm. setbacks, your disappointments, mm. your, all these, because we all do. Mm -hmm. you know, what do you learn and where do you find that, mm -hmm. that, that bit to continue, go forward, and think, mm -hmm. I'm on this and, and, and not go the other way? Mm. I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I get my resiliency, and I, I mean this, hand a Bible. Um, it is my Scottish roots. It is my Scottish values. And um, there's a quiet determinism, I think. It is, a, it is that crofter mentality that has been sort of handed down to me, which is you work, you work hard, when things, when there are setbacks, you innovate, you find a way around it, um, but you keep going. You just keep going. Um, and then there's the community aspect. I think that's really because Scotland is small, uh, because you know I do have these crofter roots. You know, it's all about helping each other out. Like you can't do it alone. You absolutely can't. And so I'm a firm believer in. Um, and that connection and collaboration. Um, and then, you know, my mom, God, she was a, you know, she's a badass, you know, she's just, <laughs> God bless America. Um, she's, she's a tough woman and that's, you know, she's a tough woman and she instilled that in her daughters. Yeah, I think I get that from my mom too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And so, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's just no, you know, every, every now and then everybody wants to go in a corner and have a good cry or a good whatever. But, which is allowed. Which is allowed, but I always feel guilty about it. I don't know why, which is horrible. Um, but it's just, you know, I also think about, I've been around the world and I just, you know, as, no matter how bad it gets, um, there are, there are people in this world like that are, um, 
I don't have the right. I don't have the right um, to to moan about first world problems that happen to me. Um, and so I think it's really important to, to sort of keep that in the back of my brain and uh, understand that if you're, if you're not doing things for yourself, how do I say this? I think a, a lot of the way I've grown up is obviously about service. I'm very, very service oriented. And that's well, because that's the, the military. That's yeah. the military in me. It's my father. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's like Mr. Mayor of Bigton because, uh, which is the little village I live in, because he's just constantly serving, giving, serving, giving. Um, and so when you have that mindset, you know, it's, it's an understanding that it's not about you. It's, mm -hmm. it's about others. And when you get to women of a certain age, then you really understand it's really not a bit, you know, I've, I, you know, I've gone through the, the fire. It's now no longer about me. It's about giving back to the best of my ability. How can I, how can I make it better for other people out there? So yeah, that's, that's how hardship I get through it. Can, hardship and difficulty can, can also enhance your character and, and 100%. So, so sometimes our experiences are important to make us who we are. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, if I, do you know, it's been absolutely lovely. Uh, yeah, thank you, Alison. And thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very, very busy woman and um, I'm coming to Shetland to see you. Good, please do. I would love that. So thank you. I'll let you get on with the, the rest of your day. Oh, thanks, Alison. You take care. Mike Top is supported by award-winning financial planners, McCree Financial Services. They offer top quality financial advice in a friendly and straightforward manner at every stage of life. With a focus on great customer service, whether you're thinking about funding your retirement or buying your first home, why not get in touch today? Visit mccrayfs.co.uk to find out more. Meanwhile, keep an eye and an ear out for the next episode of Mic'd Up with me, Alison Walker. Thanks for listening.